And welcome back to the Boys Nights Football Podcast. Ryan, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, yeah, glad to be back. Took a week off last week. <sighs> Wish we could be more consistent for you guys. Really do. Life gets in the way. Shit, stuff happens. But here we are for another day. We're doing more rankings today, so we're going to go through some of the tight ends, which I'm happy to say is in a better spot nowadays. Um, big emphasis on some of these young guys during this podcast, I'm sure. And uh, we're just going to kind of instead of just going down the list, we're going to pluck them one by one, kind of like an auction league, and go down the line like that, debate on who we got and what's here. Yeah. Um, the tight ends, the landscape in general has changed for a for a better word like a lack of better word it uh it's in a good spot it's in a great spot like a lot of people are afraid to are afraid to change i'm sorry i i was looking for my words but no longer am i scared of this position you know what i mean like there's a lot of young kids that are coming in changing the landscape we got another one in 2024 we got two that i'm ecstatic about in 2024 um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good position to have, man. Um, a lot of guys you could have got late to in these drafts. Yeah. That's Just a good kind of, we were talking about before the podcast is like, especially redraft, but dynasty too. Just kind of, kind of see how the landscape falls in drafts for tight ends now. Like, are we still going to see these top three go and then nobody else follow where they can kind of turn into like a quarterback situation where like you can wait because you know, you're going to get a good one on your roster at this point. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be fun. Let's bring it up. Here we go, boys. As you see the categories, elite, A, B, C, D, unproven. Very fair when it comes to ranking these tight ends. Very fair. Um, <clears throat> if you're joining us, remember this. Always feel free to interact with us always feel free to jump into the conversation um i think the landscape has changed so much so much for this position this is dynasty but i'm willing to talk any any player at any given point in time um like i said just feel free to jump on in ryan you are up my friend all right so i think it would start out with an interesting one at least in my eyes especially because we've seen him up and down his whole career. Can we start with Evan Ingram? Sure. Former Giant. What are what, what are the thoughts on Evan Ingram? Like, where, where are you at with him? Uh, I have Ingram, I have Evan Ingram solely inside my top eight. Um, I'm, I have no problem saying that. I think with the consistency that he's shown from last year and this year, He's a consistent target in this offense. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be. It's not going to be those league-winning weeks where Sam Laporta just had nine for one forty and a touchdown. But at the end right. of the day, I think you can count on consistent, consistent looks for Evan Ingram. I think you can set on consistent catches, a yardage amount, and a possibly score. He had his first score last week in the season. Um, I think. I think he's played his best football in his stretch of his career. I don't think you're going to see that first year as a Giant. That you know we saw with the possibility of being a breakout elite tight end, but I think he's consistent in this position. Consistency is key. Yeah, I, I kind of have him. I don't know where we're at with it, but I kind of tend to put him towards that. Like you said, your top eight, put him in the A tier. 
I mean, if you even if you look at the numbers, Sam, he's has more catches and more targets than Sam Laporta. It's just like the touchdowns aren't there for him. He has got his first one this week. So just an interesting guy. He's very, been very, very, uh, excuse me. He's been, how do I say it? Trevor Lawrence has been a big fan of his since he joined the Jags mm, last year. Sure. He's an elite talent. He always was an elite talent. Um, I have a teetering between A and B, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, so I would start B, and then I would start B, and then we can move them up as the conversations go. Okay, I'm curious to see how it plays out if we have Ingram and B tier. Just want to start it out here because I don't think there's many elite elite guys like you want to say. Um, no, he's like B. Who do I want? Who do I want? Oh, yeah. I'm talking my guy here, guys. <laughs> Sorry. This isn't even a this – is, this is my guy, man. Um, talk. Uh, Mark Andrews. They just auto-place him? Yeah, I'm just going to auto-place him here uh, in the elite tier. Um, yeah, we're talking about a fractured fibula. Yes, no question. Tough injury. Talking about possibility of playing in the playoffs. I don't see it, but that's just me. Um, remember, I don't start discounting the tight end position until 30 years old. Mark Andrews is 27 years old, guys. We haven't – have we seen the best of Mark Andrews? Sure. We've seen the 2019 Lamar season that benefited Mark Andrews huge. Yeah. Um, but we're still talking about a tight end one who is <clears throat> the Ravens' number one option when it comes to the receiving game. Uh, 1A to Zay, to Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers has shown an improvement and has shown a usage in this offense. No doubt about it. Um but Mark Andrews is as consistent as it gets. Um, he's one of the top three elite options every single year. Um, he was my tight end one before the season started. I still have him solely inside the top three. I think it's a pretty easy conversation. And he's the tight end that I want to own. I own him in a lot of leagues. Oh, I know. Trust me. You own a lot of Mark Andrews. Big Mandrews fan over here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with, with elite. But, man – He's getting he's getting dinged and left and right too. Like I don't know, he, he just can't stay healthy. But I mean, he's, he's on the field. That's definitely Lamar's guy. I mean, he mentioned Zay Flowers, but even with Zay Flowers there, he's still he's still that guy for Lamar. I mean, before this year, lowest amount of games played was fourteen games. Fair. George Kittle. More missed games than Mark Andrews. Oh, no doubt. I don't doubt that. You know what I mean? So we're talking about model consistency. I can't talk about a Travis Kelsey-esque type person. Like, right. <clears throat> Kelsey has missed, what, one game or three games over the last fucking eight years. I can't say that about Mark, but Mark's always on the field as well. Yeah, I got no problem with him. Any week, though. Trust me. It's definitely that top three. Um, who do you want to look at? Let me... It's who do you want to look at? I know. That's what I'm saying. Excuse me. Who do I want to look at? There's a lot of people still here. I kind of want to pluck someone weird, but I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet. You know what? Let's let's ride. Let's just get – I'm just going to knock out all of my fandom here. Let's go Logan Thomas out of Virginia Tech. Commander okay. straight in. <laughs> I don't really have a lot to say about him other than he's been weirdly consistent in the last – two years, even though he still has his up and down games like any other tight end, but it's been, it's been so interesting to see him turn from quarterback to tight end and 
like be semi-successful with it, given he's not like gonna blow the top off your team. But the fact that you could start him if you needed to, it's kind of wild to me. So what do you have, Matt? C. You <clears throat> and C. I I wouldn't be opposed to moving him down to D, depending on how it goes. But for C, C's C's okay for now. Uh, I want to talk about a guy that I have pegged as a I had pegged as a breakout. Still very young. <clears throat> he's four years in the in the NFL and he's only 24 years old. I have him in B tier here. Cole Komet. I like that rating. Um yeah. so we've seen the we've seen the highest uh, <clears throat> target volume that Cole Komet's ever had in 2021. Um, 93 targets didn't turn into a whole lot. A lot of red zone dependency type of things that we were talking about. But this year, or 2022, seven touchdowns, tight end seven. Right now he's at tight end six with six touchdowns, I believe, five, excuse me. But we've also seen him on pace, you know, for the for the highest target share he's ever had. Um, yeah. I think he's playing his best ball at this current moment. Um, he's missed a lot of time with Justin Fields' thumb injury. At that point, that slowed him down a little bit in the year. But sure. at that point, he was averaging over six and a half targets a game. Six and a half targets for a tight end of like Cole Komet's size, athletic ability, things like that, just stands out to me in this offense. I do expect him to add more pass catchers, so we never know what the landscape holds. But for right now, I think Cole Komet is a solid tight end you could build around and feel comfortable with. I wouldn't say comfortable just yet. I I still do think he's a little bit touchdown dependent. Uh, his yardage is still pretty low despite 56 catches. Um, he's only averaging 8.6 yards per catch. So he's definitely just the dink and dunk guy. So he's still got that dependency. Five touchdowns, second in the league, tied for second most out of the tight end position. But, I mean, we, we take that. I got no problem with B. I mean, he's definitely a guy I could start, but I wouldn't want to, like, have him as my staple. Steven. What's up, buddy? You're on the board. Bro. Oh, you Off just did. You just picked. Dang. All right. Yeah, are you all right, man? You're I'm on. Good, yeah. I'm good. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. All right. Um, let's have let's have a conversation. You put Mark Andrews up there. I'll take probably my dynasty tight end one. Probably has been for a little bit there since the breakout. Sam Laporta. Fair enough. Um, I'm. A okay, you want to put him in A? That's crazy. Now Bro, we'll keep the him in screen a. isn't the screen isn't big enough for me uh, to okay. move it one click. It's not. No, looks pretty seamless on stream. Um, but yeah, no, like the usage. He's been he's that guy. I mean, probably the number two target behind a Monra, and that's saying something with his workload. And you still have Laporta out here busting out twenty point games here and there. Um, is the consistency there yet? Not really, but like that's kind of how the tight end landscape goes. Steven kind of alluded to it with like it's kind of like having a good fantasy baseball catcher on your team. Um, they just bring that pop to your team. And I, I love the port, I love what I'm seeing. He's gonna stay heavily involved in this offense, their line is gonna keep this thing rolling. Um, I like seeing the port a lot going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. We've seen his best game this week as a, in his rookie season. I mean, nine for 140 on a nine-for-nine I mean, nine line, nine for nine line with 140 and a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> heavy involvement in an elite offense. I mean, let's be honest here. 
We're talking about a top five, top five offensive line. We're talking about a top five wide receiver. We're talking about a top five running back duo. I mean, this Lions offense is unstoppable. The only game where I can just consistently say that they struggled was the Ravens game. Um, but that's about it. That's the only game that I can pinpoint. I mean, the, the Packers was a re- relatively Jared Goff type struggle game. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, everybody in this offense is is getting their share of the pie. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. We've now seen Jamison Williams score in two straight weeks as well. But Laporta being a consistent target. I mean, he's got 86 targets on the year. Yeah. Um, everybody in this offense is, is getting their piece of the pie. Um, we all had Laporta as a as a huge tight end um, coming into the season. He wasn't the tight end one consensus, but he's there now in this class. He's playing extremely well. No questions about it here. No questions about it. That's my boy. I'm excited to hear a lot more. He's good. He's good. He's good. I'm taking mine there. I'm taking, I'm taking my rookie tight end one. The one that I had pegged for it. I'm taking Dalton Kincaid. Um, Kincaid was start. Kincaid was a rough start. Let's be honest. Um, it wasn't until probably a few weeks ago where Kincaid really blossomed into what I think he could be. Um, but from week seven on, eight, seven, eleven, six, seven, six targets stands out. Two touchdowns in that stretch. Three games over sixty yards or more. Uh, three games with six or more catches. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is here, boys. Kincaid's here. He's a huge pivotal part of this offense. Oh, excuse me. Um, where I don't know how much longer Stefan Diggs is here to be the number one option of Josh Allen. Um, something seems off, to be honest with you. I don't know what it is. This Buffalo Bills team isn't clicking in the aspect that I thought they would. Absolutely. Um, not sure how long Diggs is a staple in this offense for Josh Allen, but I do know one thing. Kincaid is here on a first-round rookie deal contract. Kincaid is here for the long haul, and I want every bit of Dalton Kincaid. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, since his breakout game was it like week five, he started breaking out finally. Uh, week, week seven. seven. Week seven, excuse me. But, yeah, since then, no less than six targets in every game. Love to see that. Um, like I said, they trade up to get him. Yeah, sure, it's a rough start. Um, but I mean they're they're using them now. Like they were they planned to when they <clears> traded <throat> up for him. Um yeah. my my only thing is do we feel comfortable with an elite tier already with uh yeah. with Kincaid? Yep. Okay. I'll stay with Dalton you. Kincaid's a top five dynasty tight end. Fair. And I'll you, be honest you, you allude to it, the Stefan Diggs thing. They Diggs could be as gone soon as Nick this offseason he could it's, be I mean it speaks volumes too that like you know I mean look at the pedigree that comes with it too look at the first round rookie pick look at the look at the uh college production look at the athletic profile right. it all screams it all screams breakout type guy um Dalton Kincaid he like when I watch him play man he has a mix of like a Travis Kelsey mixed with like an Antonio Gates type mold. You know what I mean? And and that's who I saw when I broke down his tape. A guy who's not afraid to stretch it with the seams and he just knows how to find the soft spots in the defense. He just sits down and he and then he breaks and then they're on the game on some plays he just explodes down the seam, man. 
I love I love Dalton Kincaid. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of how crisp and how mature his route running is. I'm I have no problem. If your tight end one is Dalton Kincaid, you're fine. You're good. And dynasty standpoint, hell yeah. Um so I was gonna wait, you know, see how long it took for you to take them. But uh let's get let's get the viewers a little bit of some spicy shit going on. Um let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Who at one point was everyone's dynasty tight end one. There you um, go. Everyone's everyone's since he go. got drafted. His rookie year, he did fine. We, we saw what we wanted to saw, but since then, what's, what's going on? I mean, early in the season, you had Jonah Smith out targeting him. Uh it's still it's still close, even now. Well, no, he's gonna buy 20. It's not close anymore. Last week, unproven. Last week, Michael Smith. Last week, Michael Pruitt scored a tight end touchdown for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Not Jonu Smith. Not Kyle Pitts. All right. I mean, if you want me to be real, realistically harsh, he deserves to be in B. But from the production, he's in C. I'll put him in B. But that's just where he. Well, my thing with him is just still so still so young. Okay. It takes a while for some of these tight ends to get going. Okay. I think a lot and, of it has to do with uh, Arthur Smith, but I mean, I I'm okay he, with him and B right now too. I don't think he belongs in C yet because I, I think, think he, I think it's cool. I mean, yeah, no outside. question. I mean, he, you know, he was the first rookie since Mike Dickett to have a thousand yards receiving as we're here. Is mostly his scheme or is mostly his downfall due to Arthur Smith's type role scheme? Sure, no question. But at the end of the day, if he's not going to get off this roster. Who am I? Who am I to own him at this point for the for the price that people paid to acquire Kyle Pitts? True. Kyle Pitts, when he first came in the league, was a game changer tight tight end that was going ahead of Jamar Chase in certain rookie drafts. I've seen Kyle Pitts be drafted over Jamar Chase. We are now way past that point. Way yeah. past that. Yeah. Just, um, just so we people don't think we're crazy, I'm sure he's talking about tight end premium leagues. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's unfortunate that we've come this far with Kyle Pitts. Um, yeah, I loved him at Florida. Everybody loved him. Um, unfortunately, if Arthur Smith is your coach, he's going to bury you as a skill position player. It just it is what it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Yeah. Uh, the sad story Kyle Pitts is. I don't. I don't. I don't love the whole thing. I wish he would have been good. I love what I saw out of Florida. Just an athletic freak. Just can't get anyone in the league. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna throw. I'm gonna knock a couple of these guys out here, just because obviously we don't need to talk about everybody. But I'm just gonna throw him there. If you want to pick out a couple of of, Del, of D's, then throw him in there. Yeah, can we just throw Tyler Conklin down there too? Sure. You keep going down the line. You got Mo Alley Cox in there. I followed up with Durham Smythe here. Durham Smythe. Give me Mo Alley Cox. All right. I'll throw in. Know? I'll throw in Austin Hooper. <laughs> just, just gonna sit here and roast guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, due to age, nothing against Zach Ertz. A great career, but at this point in your career, buddy, this is where you got to go for me. Hey man, it's my it's my turn, man. Come on. Sorry, take two. Give me Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Where's Hayden? There he John, man with the beard. Keep looking at his stupid face. Um. 
Do, 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 ah, put Hunter Henry there. Ooh, okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Take one more and we'll keep, we'll keep rodding. Is there one more? My fucking, these faces are so small. I can't even tell who half of them are. This boy got a long neck. Is that Dalton Schultz? Right here? Oh, that's Dalton Schultz. This is the guy all the way down on the right. Tyler Higby. No, no, no. All the way over, up the top row, all the way to the right. That's Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. <laughs> uh, I can see it now. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. The faces are like this big on my screen. Uh, you got anybody else you can put on here? Yeah, I want to put I want to put Chig right here. Unproven. Chig. Okay. I mean, that's a conversation point, though. I mean, usage is definitely not there. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I, I think he's too young into his career to to gain to gauge a specific standpoint, especially in the last seven games of last year. We saw a huge breakout from Chig that led to the conversation that he could be a breakout tight end in today's market. Uh, unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins came there in a in a not very good passing scheme. Um, they never been a, they haven't been a good passing scheme since Mike Vrabel took over. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has had QB one seasons, but that was mainly due to his legs on top of what he offered as a passer. So I haven't really gauged Chig yet. So I want to put him there. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I'm okay with that. I mean, like you said, we saw flashes last year. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he was supposed to break. Everybody pegged him as a breakout until Hopkins came came to town, and after that, it was kind of it's kind of all over. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with him and unproven. There's a few more studs here. Yeah. Do you want to take a – looks like we're at about half time here since we just ran through the whole D tier. I mean, there's not really a lot to say about any of the guys, just other than, like, you really don't <laughs> want them. But um, let's do Darren Waller. Giants tight end. Can't say healthy. Do you want me to place him based off his talent or based off his evaluation as a player overall? Oh, um, we're talking – we're talking fantasy football, buddy. So if he ain't producing in fantasy, that's how we're ranking him. There he is. He's so close to D. Hey, man, if you're not going to play, what do you want me to do? You said your best availability is availability. He hasn't been available in three years, bro. No, I mean, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's why I say he's debatable for D. I mean, mm-hmm. given the talent there when he's on the field, I'm sure he's productive. But like, yeah, listen, I, I God, hate... this is not a Darren Waller hate show. I mean, no. at one point three no. years ago, Darren Waller was talked about as a top three dynasty tight end, an elite productive, you know, and the second back, second end of his career in Oakland. He got his chance after he got caught with drugs and went through his rehab. Great story. Great player. Elite athletic profile. Balled out with Derek Carr. Balled out. But we're not at that point no more. You have to be realistic. How do you treat a 31-year-old tight end who doesn't play more than 10 games a year? Be realistic. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. On top of that, Darren Waller and Daniel Jones were supposed to click and they're supposed to be a big, you know, duo. They didn't look bad, though. They did, and um, Daniel Jones just wasn't it this year. So It, it hurts. All right, man. It's time to piss off the fantasy community. Oh, man. I was waiting for it, man. Travis Kelsey, A tier. I mean, how can – here's the thing. It's like, how can you have him in the elite tier 
in, in a dynasty show, I get this is mad. That would be fucking madness and redraft. But it's like, what is he, 34 now? Yep. Heavily talking about retirement. People say, you know, it's his productions because it's Taylor Swift, blah, 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 blah. The fantasy community ever think that maybe he's just getting old? <laughs> like maybe this is just this is just him slowly going in to his like retirement. Listen, Father Tom is a son of a bitch, man. Yeah. Take some all, man. Take Listen, some all. We're talking about <clears throat> before this season, we're talking about seven straight years as a as a top tier dynasty tight end, guys. I mean what Travis Kelsey has done might not ever be done again. Seriously. He is, in the fantasy world, the ultimate cheat code of the position. Yeah. A mix with health, yeah. a mix with ability to just click with his QB, a mix to be schemed as a number one option at all times. I mean – the dude consistently was averaging over 120, 130 targets every single season with Tyreek Hill on the same field. Yep. He just knew what to do. He knew how to find the soft spot in zones. He knew how to sit down, catch the ball, turn a a a solid route runner who could just find it on the field. He was a mismatch everywhere he was. Um, but at this point, I mean, we're we're in the 34 year the 34 year old season of Travis Kelsey. We've seen the lowest yards per catch, yards per target since his rookie season. Um, yeah. A lot of things going on in his life outside of the NFL. I'll be honest with you, man. Um, he's still going to finish as a, as a top-tier dynasty tight end this year or overall redraft tight end this year. Yeah. This, this might be it for Kelsey. Now, I'm not saying he can't produce next year at 35, but I'm saying this. You're seeing the decline. Here it is. Mm-hmm. That's this it, Chiefs mean, offense has declined. This Chiefs offense, I mean, they've lost three of their last five games. Tough. They're 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 not playing good football on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense has saved them. They have a top five defense. This is the best defense Pat Mahomes has ever played with this season. That is why they're winning. Is Tom Brady era right now? <laughs> yeah. Him and Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco is balling. Yeah, Pacheco's love him. Big fan of what I'm saying. He's such an angry runner, but I don't want to get too much into him. But I'm just saying, yeah, it's not... I mean, it's going to piss a lot of people off to have Kelsey in A, but like, it's kind of where it's at, especially with him even speaking on retirement whatsoever is scary for anything. Anything would do with Dynasty. All right, let's talk your boy, uh, Pat Fearmuth. Okay. Um, kind of have a feeling you prefer to put him in that. That, that cute little A spot up there, which, you know, wouldn't be the maddest about. He's played seven games, this, only seven games this year. Spent a little time off the field. Target monster last year. Um, I like what I see out of him. The only thing, I think solely, I just think Kenny Pickett's holding it back. What this whole offense in general, what, whatever it is. Um... I have him teetering between A and B. Granted, missed a lot of games. I, it's it's hard to base off like his touchdown usage off of Big Ben's last season. Uh, he was a monster in the red zone for Ben in 2021. 2022 came in with his highest yards per catch average, yards per target average ever in his career so far. Um, 
highest target volume. Um, and then I saw the game two weeks ago where he went for eight catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. I've seen the breakout from Fryermuth. I've seen him show flashes of what I think he can be. Uh, tight end two or tight end eight, excuse me, in 2022. Obviously, injuries held him back this year. Um, draft capital alone, too, as well. I think he deserves to be an A, but I do teeter him in B as well. I do prefer Fryermuth over Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts and Cole Komet. Cole Komet. A's. A's fair. I think we need to start to fill that category up. We're not going to have a whole lot there. Um, my next guy that I was going to bring up is actually who I, I was going to start out. I, thought, I was going to go to run for the A tier, but you're up next anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. Well, I'm looking at this list here, and I'm going to be honest with you. There's a tight end I'm extremely excited about. Okay. Um, my baby boy Trey. Trey, baby, baby boy Trey. That boy is on fire. He's on fire. He's um, on fire. Oh man, Hurts getting hurt changed everything for him. Yeah. Since week eight, he's got five weeks of being a tight end. One. I mean, look at the volume, yeah. dude. 14, 5, 9, 7, 9, 9, two touchdowns in that span. Um, 130-yard game, 95-yard game, 90-yard game. Um, look at the snap percentages, man. 82, 69, 77, 186, 96. Everything you want to see. Second-round pick last year. Um, elite college profile, you know, athletic ability, thing like that. Um, right now – I thought it was going to be Hollywood when he came back, was going to stand out as the number one option again for Kyler Murray, kind of like he has his whole career with Kyler. Right. But it's not. It's Trey McBride. It's definitely McBride. Um, I think he's the most important piece in this offense right now. Obviously, we have the draft to go, but Trey McBride yeah. is a pivotal piece in this offense. He's going to be for a long time. Um, I'm a big fan, man. Huge fan. Yeah, I'll – I've, yeah, what I've seen from him, you can't deny it anymore. I mean, he was supposed to be – everybody had him pegged for a breakout. I mean, like like you said, we kind of touched on it before. Like, Titans just need that opportunity. He got <laughs> his when Arch went down. He proved himself. Now he's got this job. And uh, Kyler just keeps looking his way. I don't know if it's in the coaching scheme because they kind of did the same thing with Dobbs when Dobbs was the quarterback. Um, But, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just keeping it rolling with McBride. It was always there. It was always supposed to be McBride. You know that. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Was tight end one of everybody that knew when. Yeah. Everybody knew when. Earth. Yeah. He had to just wait his turn, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But he's here and he's real. And he's what everybody wanted him to be. Maybe a little bit more, to be honest. Gotta remember a couple weeks, a couple years ago, we were drafting, drafting these guys to just be a maybe. Yeah. Now the position's kind of ballooned. And you're on the clock, buddy. Oh shit. I'm on the clock, baby. Um, is that Irv Smith I'm seeing? Yeah. Can we put him in D? Sure. Alright. Now we can move on to the actual actual. Um that's just who alright. So let me just let me just let me just speak here and you can go against me, but 
I was going to kind of start filling up that A tier. He kind of tiers on A to B for me, but I lean A. Um, Jake Ferguson. I have him in B, but I actually really like Jake Ferguson. I, I like Jake Ferguson. I like what I've seen um, big this year. Like I said, those five touchdowns. Um, I like that second that second in tight ends. Dak likes to look at him here and there, and I think, you know, as long as they don't – get somebody in this place which i don't think they do i mean he's in an elite offense for as long as dax there dax on fire um he looks like he's all the way back agreed see the thing is is like we talk about the luke shoemaker draft pick it was always jake ferguson to me um jake stepped in very well last year when dalton schultz was hurt um now we see the blossom i mean granted we're at, we're at 500 total yards but the thing is is like Look at the yards per target. Look at the yards per catch. Five touchdowns. Yeah. Um, he's only at he's only at what at sixty six targets. Um, obviously working alongside CD Lamb, Tony Pollard out of the backfield, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. It's a huge loaded room. It's a loaded room. Um, but he stood out. He has stood out as a guy that I think if you had him drafted lat, you know, this year in like the twelfth, thirteenth, maybe fourteenth round, depending on where you got him. He's a huge steal. He's helping you out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm willing. I, I he's a B. He's in my B tier for me, to be honest. I'm not. But, I'm not mad about it. But can we put him in the one spot in the B tier? Oh my god! There you go, buddy. Thank you. I love Jake Ferguson. I'm gonna go ahead and um. I'm gonna go ahead and do this as well. Um. I do think he deserves to be here. I've seen some things from KDOT and I've seen some flashes, but we're still pretty young in his career. I'm just going to go ahead and put him here if you feel okay with that. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to knock out one more thing here. At this point, anybody on the Patriots offense? Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it seems fair. Um, Sorry, Mike. Yeah, I like Yuseki too. We are Penn State, baby. Well, that detail is filling up, you know, for a podcast that we pitch is like, oh, these tight ends are like here again. We still only got these options that we had. We got 10 guys, 10 guys. (laughs) Look, rookie, rookie, second year guy, um, third year guy with potential, unproven second year guy, unproven second year guy. There's a lot about the tight end landscape. You got to remember this: Dawson Knox, older; Tyler Conklin, older; Durham older. Smythe, older; Mo Ali Cox, older; Austin Hooper, older; Hayden Hurst, older; Ertz at the end of his career; Hunter Henry drafted in 2015; Irv Smith can't stay on the field. Nope. Mikey Seggy. Patriot. Um. <laughs> no, I say that we're, we're we're missing some guys in the EV and A tier that we still haven't touched. Yeah, on. a lot of people are talking about this guy as like a dynasty sell, but at the landscape, man. Let's ride. Georgie. I love George. Georgie. I love George. You ask me, I put him in elite. I'm a big Kittle man. If I can't put Travis in that in that tier, I can't put him. There's a, there's a, there's a four or five-year gap there, but okay. But we're also talking about a guy. You talk about probably the most most games missed out of this, out of the elite and A tier in the last five years as well. Yeah. True, but 
You know what? I'm going to do it because I like the gap. He is going to go here. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. I like the gap between watching him play with Trey Lance and watching him play with Brock Purdy last year. <laughs> last year, I mean, last year the touchdown totals for George Kittle were off the charts. The target splits yeah. between Trey Lance and the first two games, obviously we know Trey Lance got hurt very early last year. Brock Purdy came in. George Kittle was his guy. Um, this offense is really loaded. We all know that. A lot of mouths to feed between Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. We get it. But at the same time, he's still on pace to have more targets than last year. He's already topped his receiving – or he's close. He's got 30 more yards, so he tops his receiving total. Touchdowns are – you know, they're very spotty, very iffy. Okay. But he's averaging 14.7 yards per catch. And that's the second highest since 2018. Yeah. I'll give it to you. George Kittle's playing his ass off. He's got the, the only uh, thing. I mean, you talk about it. I mean, you talk about it. And it, it, it doesn't hurt him from a real football standpoint. He plays so many snaps on the line of scrimmage that sometimes it hurts him in games. Yeah. Um, he's one of the best blockers in the NFL for the position. Sometimes that hurts him when it comes to this fantasy production. But he's a beast, man. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, he's a fucking dog. He touched on it. It's 14.7. That leads tight ends to have over 20 catches. Um, he's still – he's older. Yeah, he's getting older, but he's still explosive. He's on a great offense. He's getting older. Have those games where he's – I've deemed him nicknamed Cardio Kittle when he has his blocking games because half the time we'll just be blocking, running around like a madman out there. Um, yeah, I mean, that definitely gets in the way sometimes. But more often than not, especially this year, he's gotten more receiving than he has. I mean, last year was kind of rough. The touchdowns were very dependent last year. This year, you can kind of – you don't really need the touchdown anymore. I'm glad to see him in this offense. I, I love Kittle. Tight end you, baby. Tight end you, baby. You're on the board, baby boy. Man, I didn't get to pick my boy. All right, let's get – all right. Let me look at these beautiful faces down here. Let's talk a tight end that kind of lingers around for me. It's like right on the edge of being rostered and not being rostered in most fantasy leagues in Tyler Higby, who's like a guy that stuck around in the league for a while. He's been semi-consistent. Can't put can't string any games together though. What what do we have a guy like him sitting at in this ranking? I'll be honest with you. I'll take him over everybody we have in the D tier. I think I think Tyler yeah, Higby. I agree with that. I think Tyler yeah. Higby um, has had multiple years of finishes at tight end one. Um, where he's at in his age and where he is pertinent to his offense and where I feel comfortable about the Rams, I think he belongs in C. Yeah, I, I'm with C too. Um, he's right on the edge for D. He's he's kind of close, but still got the Rams. Still got Matt Stafford. I'll be honest with you, man. Um, this will be the first year the Rams had a first-round draft pick since I can't tell you when the last time they were. Um, the year before Goff, whatever that was. Goff was 26-17. Yeah, so they haven't had picks since then because that's when they sold other picks or started at least. Well, so that's my thing here. <clears throat> I mean, the Rams the, – the thing is, man, is like the key pieces that where they have built at 
are aging out pretty quick. Um, Feels bad for Cooper Cup. And the same with Higby. I mean, he's at 30 years old now. Yeah, he's a young thirty. I, at the end of the day, like he doesn't, he doesn't. I wouldn't have thought he was thirty years old, but no. This offense is this is this is Kyron Williams and Puka and Puka Nakua's offense for the future. This is what it is. Um, and honestly, I think Tyler Higby is just a bench filler. True. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I touched on. I mean, he's not even owned some of my leagues in redraft. Dynasty, for sure, he's owned. But... Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do this, too. Have have only seen him very limited in his, in his time out of UCLA. Um, I'm just going to keep – I'm going to knock out one more. Yeah, can you put Michael Mayer down there, too, in Unproven? I feel like he deserves that title. Sure. Hasn't really seen much usage just yet. But yeah, give, give him time. Um, all right, I want to put. All right, Dallas Goddard in the A tier. Goddard, my boy Dallas. A lot of people hated Dallas. Um, I was actually I'm a big Dallas Goddard fan to be honest. Um, he's a huge he's a huge. Fib- like vital part of this offense. People don't realize it, but um, a lot of people like when you talk about Dallas Goddard, there was a transition of QBs. Um, he went from Wentz to, to Jalen hurts. So it was a, it was a, it was a weird time for him. Um, he's sure. only, he's got two years of tight end one finishes, but at the same time, he's also in the offense battling for targets with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Um, he's yeah, one of the most really- explosive. He's one of the most explosive tight ends in the league. I mean, you're talking about the consistency of averaging over 10 yards a catch. This is this guy. Uh, 2022-2021 really stand out to me as well with over 12, almost 13 and 14. Um, the, the target the, – the thing is, is like the yardage is going to be spotty depending on how explosive he is and how much he stays on the field. But it's the target volume. If he were in an offense like a Mark Andrews type offense, we're talking about him as – in an elite tier. He's an elite playmaker. He always has been. He's just battling with elite options on the outside as well. Um, and at first, when Jalen Hurts came in in the transition, it wasn't really a pass-first team. Um, but we've seen Jalen Hurts pass more, so I'm hoping for the volume to increase for Dallas Goddard. But he belongs in A. Yeah, he definitely belong, belongs in A. Last two years, he's had, like, great target volume. Kind of like how we're seeing out of Evan Ingram, honestly, is, is like definitely using that offense, not getting any of the touchdowns solely because of that damn tush push. Um, that's been killing him. It has because you get in that red zone and he's all Jalen Hurts wants to do is get on the one and push it in. And it, it makes sense. It works. But as far as a fancy standpoint, that kills Goddard. And I think he's someone that if used correctly, could end up in that elite tier one day. Agreed. I'm a big Dallas Goddard fan. Yeah. But until, you know, Tush Push gets banned, and I'm sure even if it gets banned, he's probably still going to QB sneak. So it hurts, but I, I love Dallas Goddard. I was all the way out until what I saw last year, and now I, I'm i in. And you're on the clock, buddy. All right. Uh, we got one more guy in the elite tier sitting down here. Let's just go ahead and knock out. 
TJ Hawkinson. Just, let's just get him there. I mean, but I believe – I could be wrong. He's the tight end one or tight end two this year. One. Um, tight end one. Yeah, I mean, 108 targets leads all tight ends. Um, been absolutely – been used – all game, every game since going to the Vikings. Um, you saw a lot of that connection with Kirk Cousins. It worked out. That's nice. Now he's, I mean, Kirk Cousins goes down, definitely hurts. But, you know, we're talking long-term here in Dynasty, and Hawkinson's locked into this Vikings offense. He'll be the two slash three, I guess, 2A, 2B with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson in a pass-heavy team. So give me, give me all of Hawkinson going forward. I love what I've seen. Expensive price. Very expensive. Um, so his Iowa teammate at this point. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Both first round picks. Haven't been excited about Noah Fant. Um, yeah, back in his Denver days, he had two top twelve finishes, but at this point we've just seen progressively worse. He's right. not heavily involved in this offense. Um, Seattle with DK, Blockett, and Jigba. Walker, Charbonnet. Where does he fall in the pecking order? It's not something I'm excited about at this point. Noah Fan hasn't shown me anything to be excited about. So, yep. Yeah. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my real one in here. Actually, I just want to knock out one more D tier real quick. I want David and Joku. I think he belongs in B tier. I think that's specifically a good spot for him. Um, showed me a lot, a lot with the um, I mean, how can you be mad about David Njoku here? Um, uh, he hasn't shown you a top 10 finish since 2018, but we're talking about, you know, last year, 80 targets this year, we're already at 84 targets The you know what I mean? The, the volume is there for Njoku. He was an elite, elite athlete out of Miami. Um, the production hasn't stuck to be what we thought it was going to be. Um, but I think he's warranted enough to be ahead of Tyler Higby and Waller and Logan Thomas. Got it. Yeah, no problem with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. He, he he definitely deserves to be there, but I still haven't seen anything that's like, wow, he's that guy. But, I mean, he's he's been fairly consistent th- throughout the years. Um, let's knock out somebody who's like – I'd want to put him in D. I'd rather put him in C or unproven. But we're going to talk this out with you. Um, Jawan Johnson, who showed flashes last year. Um, kind of what we expected to see out of Chig. The breakout Titans were supposed to be Chig and Jawan Johnson in the offseason. The usage isn't what we thought it was going to be. Um, I hate to see it because I was such a big fan. I like to see him when I'm out there. He's up a big change in that offense that helped the Saints out down the season last year. But like I said, he's not being used this year. It's Unfortunately, man, Taysom Hill's taking on – and Taysom Hill's not that's what I, was say. I was just about to start talking about Taysom Hill. It's like Taysom's there. Yeah, so Taysom's got a, a nice little solidified role, whether it be throwing a couple passes here and there, catching a couple targets in the red zone, you know, a couple carries out of, a, out of the QB spot in the red zone. Um <sighs> It's hard to put a 27-year-old player in unproven. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's Yeah, that's fair. What I will say, talent perspective, I do think that he's more talented than most of these guys here. 
Except for Irv Smith. He's the most talented D-tier player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dude, he's so good. He was so good at Alabama, man. So good. No, he was. Um, be honest with you, I think Juwan goes in D-tier, man. Tough for me. I was such a believer. I am going to put Luke here, though. I do think Luke deserves to be here. Just right now. He is banged up on the IR right now. I do think he deserves to be here. Yeah, that's fine. Definitely. I mean, I feel like most rookies, with the exception of Laporta, probably deserve to be down there. And Kent, excuse me, and Kent Kate. I apologize. I'm going to um, put... I was going to say Gerald Everett, but... I'm going to put Dalton Schultz in B. I got no problem with that, especially with C.J. Stroud this offense. Kind of look at his, like, safety blanket type yeah. guy. Yeah. Anytime I, mean, I, I get anybody in that offense, to be honest. Anytime I get a chance to apologize to uh, C.J. Stroud, I do. Um, yeah. She. So, the last three years, tight end three, tight end 12, tight end 11 on this stretch. Um Dalton Schultz isn't like one of those sneaky athletes where like we're talking about his athletic profile, things like that. He's just a guy like Zach Ertz, knows how to get open, knows, you know what I mean? He just he's a savvy player. He's a very savvy guy. He's not a great blocker, so he's really not on the line of scrimmage a whole lot. Um nope. he just understands he understands how to find his spots. Um and he's scoring on a pace that actually sets like that he could beat his 2021 season with Dak. I don't think he'll ever see 800 yards like that. Um that was a great season from Dalton Schultz, um, but he's consistent. You know what I mean, and I'm excited to see the role he plays now that Tank Dell is going to miss the rest of the season, and C.J. Stroud, you know, one less weapon at his disposal probably be between Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz. I'm very excited. He's only 27. We're not at a at a pivotal point when it comes to his age. Not worried about think, I don't think he'll move up to A for me ever, but be solid. Definitely be solid. Solid B. Yeah, dude. It, Jesus the word. We this podcast cannot apologize enough to CJ Stroud because now I'm give, just giving you every piece of that Texans offense. True. And we got last I guess but maybe least uh, Gerald Everett. Um he's right on the edge for C and D for me. It's the only reason I why I haven't plucked him off. He's a starting tight end, but like He's hardly ever used. Um, I, I mean, debate me. He, he could be in D, too. We have three guys in C. So, I mean, I'm okay with Gerald Everett. I don't really have a lot to say about him. That's why he's kind of just sitting there for me. I haven't plucked him off. He doesn't do anything for me, fantasy-wise. See, if I was talking about last year after almost 90 targets, I would have put him in C. Um, I'm going to still put him in C just because I like who he's linked to as an offense. Yeah. I like Kellen Moore here, especially with his usage of the tight ends. Obviously, hasn't shown with Gerald Everett. But, I mean, he's just been consistent. It's not great. It's consistent. 15, 14, 20, 22, 23. Um, I mean, it's not great. He's average. He's what he is. He's a, he's a bench fill-in. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely a bench fill-in. Um, but can I can I say something here, please, before yeah. I before I uh, we finish this podcast? Um, over the last three years, 
I mean, tight end 18, 17, and 19. I'm going to, me personally, I want to move Tyler Conklin to see. Okay. That's fine. I don't love it, but I'm not too mad about it. We put him there early D, so before I saw some of the other guys. Right. And maybe I've been, and I do like, I do like going back and, you know, just looking at the board here. Um, I know it hasn't been pretty here recently, but I mean, at any of these guys in this range right here, and this range right here, Hunter Henry does have the most tight end one finishes outside of Zach Ertz. You know what I'm saying? Out of these guys here, Zach Ertz at this point in his career is a, is a D player. I think the possibility of Hunter Henry going to C as well kind of evens things out. I do think Hunter Henry is on the line between C and D. Um, yeah, we said that before. But I mean, who will put him C? Be my guess. I mean, he does kind of look the odd man out, but I, don't, I just don't put much stock in Hunter Henry. Sure. But that's definitive chart. Anything else? No, I kind of, I actually kind of really like this chart. Now, given like we're 100%, this is not in order. Um, the tiers aren't, at least not in my mind. I don't think this is the correct order, but definitely the tiers that we've laid out. Um, let us know if you disagree with us. Seriously, fry us up if you want to. If you hate that we have Kelsey and A and not elite, let us know. Um, if you think Trey McBride's way too early to put him in in A because recency biasy, let us know. Mm-mm. Let us know. But the um deserves to be there. But yeah, but I I love these tier shows so much. Um can't wait to knock out the other positions. I don't know it how you want to do a lot harder from here. I don't know how you want to do wide receivers, big dog. God bless you. We're going to have to rapid fire those things at some point. Jefferson, elite. Chase, elite. CD, elite. Elite. Amra, elite. Marvin Harrison, elite. <laughs> yeah. It might be better to just like already set a few wide receivers in their place to just kind of yeah. slowly touch on them before we um, start getting into the controversial ones. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I personally like it. I knew D tier was going to get a lot of players there just because of like you have some. You have these guys, but I mean, like, look at how look at the youth movement in this in this dude. Like, look, right. Um, obviously, Andrew's older. Laporta, under twenty five. Kincaid, under twenty five. Hawkinson, twenty six. Fryermuth, twenty three. McBride, twenty two. Ferguson, twenty three. Komet, twenty four. Pitts, under twenty five. You know, what I mean, like, look at all this right here, and then. Like I said, 2024 class, sports, two tight ends. I'm huge on, huge on these two tight ends coming in. It, and then look at the unproven. Look at look at all the youth movement here. You have yet to see anything from these guys. Kate Otten's shown flashes. Chig's shown flashes like we talked about. Right. But there's plenty of time for them to move. Plenty. Mm-hmm. That's good to say. We were just in a world not even two years ago where, like, if you didn't roster – like the top three, maybe four, you didn't really want one. And now we're sitting in a world where like I'm comfortably owning 11, maybe 12 of these guys and being okay with whatever I got. Sure. I feel like there's no longer this like immense pressure to go out there and get a good tight end when the was kind of balancing itself out. Uh, I'm glad to see the, t- the position growing. Sure. So on that note, I'm going to end the screen here. Um. Ryan, we've been live for about 56 minutes. Anything you want to say before we get out of here?
Yeah, no. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, as usual, we love all the people who tune in. Uh, you're the reason why we do it. And uh, just glad to have a platform. Shout out to Alex and Leo. I apologize um, if I seemed a little bit off tonight. I tore my back up. Uh, I'm in a lot of pain right now. So apologize if I seemed off. But uh, yeah, glad to get on the show. Put some content out for you guys. Yeah, feel better, man. Um, what was I going to say? Saturday? Saturday night? Saturday night? We got to start sitting for these guys. Biggest week of the year. Oh, yeah. Biggest week of the year. Oh, yeah. I Playoffs guess it might be a little bit too late to plug the, the waiver wire. I wish we would have. We got to start doing this on Tuesday so we can plug the waiver wire article because we wrote about uh, just guys yeah. that can really pound it in for you for these fancy playoffs and help you out there as opposed to just a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, for sure. Um, biggest spot of the year, ladies and gentlemen. We are going into fantasy playoffs uh, at this point. It's winter go home. Um, this is the biggest week, do or die. This is to get into the playoffs. Yep. And not even, not even playoffs, people that have already made it, seeding is also very important. Sure. Get that better seed. Season's not over yet. Keep grinding. Sure. But on that note, I want to just thank our, our platform as well, RPO, Alex, um, Leo, Yardsper, everybody over on those two sites. We appreciate you guys. Um, Again, sorry, you know, it's, we're getting close to holiday time. We got things that, you know, we had to do as well. So, sorry that we have a, we weren't present last week, but we are here. Um, on that note, guys, we are going to wrap it up for the night, and we are out. <laughs>